Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. Time now for Market View, where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors, and companies to watch. But as always, a quick recap of how we started. Well, Singapore shares rose this morning after news that GDP growth in uh, 2023 was at 1.1%, marginally down from advanced estimates. Then early trade, the Straits Times Index was up 0.3% to 3,140. Points after some 48 million securities changed hands across the broader market. Let's take you through the numbers right now. Uh, still filming up on the SGX, uh, but here's what I have on my screen. The STI up 1.13%, looking at 3,174 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 1.36 billion Sing dollars. The gainers outnumbered losers, 312 versus 257. Top five movers by value we've got here... DBS, OCBC, UOB, SIA and Singtel. Heavily traded securities included Seatrim, Thai Beverage and Gunting Singapore. In terms of companies to watch, we do have this uh, hot stock of the day, Capital Pacific Oak US REIT. It declared no distribution for the second half year ended December as part of its recapitalization plan that suspends distribution for two years. Now, meanwhile, from more on Singapore's GDP growth to Nodex numbers, local headlines and focus, also on deck Airbus earnings and how search in TSMC shares pushed Taiwan's Taiex to a record high. Joining me on the line is David Chow, Director of Azure Capital. David, welcome. Hi, Tintin. Hi, listeners. Hey, great to have you on board, David. Let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. Um, how did the STI fare today after two things? One is the GDP numbers out of Singapore today. And also okay. the second thing is the upgrade in 2024 four-year forecast for Nodex for Singapore. Right. Well, I think uh, what we are, what we have seen today is that you know the post uh, CPI reversal continues to play out. Um, it's most, mostly a sea of green that we are seeing today for the Asian markets. Uh, after you know it was hit by the uptick in the Jan inflation report two days ago. So you know with the market rallying, uh, you know today you know STI rally one point one percent. As for the performance of the Singapore economy, well, I guess uh, it's uh, usually not a major factor indicating the movement of the STI. You know unless the economy un unexpectedly, you know, slips into a recession and, you know, this actually persists for a few quarters and also with the external environment uh, deteriorating as well. So, uh, moreover, the uh, 1.1, you know, percent full-year GDP growth, uh, even though it's down to only 1.1% from 3.8% in 2022, is still very much in line with the uh, forecast of the market. So, it's not a bad result per se. Hmm. And zooming in on some of the companies to watch, uh, David, I do want to take a look at Capital Pacific Oak US REIT. It declared no distribution for the second half year ended December as part of a recapitalization plan that suspends distribution for two years. Hot stock of the day down some 40%. How would you read into this? Well, um, you know, with, with this announcement, the spotlight obviously, you know, falls on the U.S. REITs uh, listed in the SGX again. You also have the likes of, you know, prime U.S. REITs you know, falling by about 27% and then Manulife U.S. REITs also falling by, I think, to a smaller magnitude, 6% or so. I think um, investors don't have to think too hard to remember, you know, who were the worst performing REITs last year. You have the uh, likes of these three U.S. REITs, you know, which ended... 19%, 40%, and 73%, you know, for U.S. manual life wow. reads uh, respectively. 
And um, you know, following this latest suspension of distribution by uh, Kappa Pacific REIT, I guess the key concern now is whether the other US REITs uh, will follow in the footstep of uh, Pacific Oaks and suspend distributions. I mean, to put things in perspective, actually the only other US REIT that hasn't uh, suspended distributions will be prime US REITs. Since I'm sure most of us will re remember that Manulife is now undergoing some mm. form of restructuring and had already suspended distributions in first half uh, of 2023. So if you look at uh, prime US REITs, uh, I think up to first half of uh, 2023, it was still paying out you know, 2.4 cents a unit. Uh, and and but however during its uh, 3Q update last year its distributable income was down 16% year on year and for the ninth month of entry income was actually down 21% year on year so today's price action of uh, prime US REITs are probably is a reflection of the fear that you know prime REITs could be next to suspend distributions um, if you take a step back uh, in mm. reality this is nothing new um, you know within US Singapore listed US uh, office REITs will continue to face challenges with uh, perhaps low Lower occupancies, a more challenging leasing landscape, and of course, a quite possibly a declining asset valuation continuing in uh, this year. However, as most of negative have have already been priced in, you know, any slight positive developments on the U.S. commercial sector this year, I guess, could have substantial share price impact uh, on upside for these uh, impacted REITs. Okay, and uh, before we move on to look at what's happening in the region, David, we've got Singapore's budget out tomorrow. What are you expecting on this front and are you looking out for more goodies uh, than, you know, than in previous years? I guess for some, uh, I think every year without fail, you know, for some individuals, uh, whenever this Singapore budget is being announced, yeah, sort of, you know, become a yearly tradition where we will check the news to make, to just to check whether we'll be getting more GST vouchers, cash or, you know, CDC vouchers. And I think this year uh, will be no exception. Um, you know, with Singapore entering a post-pandemic era, you know, amidst high inflation and increased uh, nationalism, it, I think the budget must continue to exercise, uh, you know, financial prudence while supporting Singaporeans. Um, I think in our view, um, on the individual front, uh, in terms of goodies being dished out, they may be less of a focus on the uh, cost of living measures. And the, le and the reason being, uh, if we recall, you know, a sing dollar 1.1 billion you know, cost of living support package was already announced in September 2023. I think uh, this package uh, actually included a uh, 0.8 billion enhancements for the assurance package and additional $200 of CBC vouchers per Singapore uh, local households uh, in this year's, but on the potential goodies being dished out to businesses, uh, you know, previous initiative to support companies with you know cash flow needs included included the temporary bridging loan program, your SME working loans, and your income rate tax uh, rebates to name a few. And in our opinion, uh, we think that SME working capital loan scheme. Uh, which lapses in uh, March this year could possibly be extended for another year to help more SME finance their operational cash flow needs. And we also see more mm. uh, support being given to businesses to cope with uh, rising wage costs. And this could include enhancements to the progressive uh, wage credit scheme, which was introduced in budget 2022. And uh, I mean, all in all, this may be relief measures to help firms cope with the uh, spike in the, I guess with the logis logistic costs, you know, following the Red Sea attacks, um, etc. So um, we understand that, you know, this disruption in these waterways have caused delays, you know, raised costs and disrupted supply chains. 
So uh, this could be financial, that could also be financial support for businesses to improve to improve their competitiveness by you know encouraging investments in digital infrastructure, your AIs and ESG, etc. Hmm, okay, if you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with David Chow, Director at Azure Capital. And across the region, uh, David, ThaiX jumped as much as 3.5% in Taipei at the open to a record high surpassing this uh, January 2022 peak as traders return from that Chinese New Year holiday. And this is thanks to a search and chip maker, TSMC, shares up as much as 9.8% in the morning session. Now, question is, how sustainable is this though? I think if you look at the uh, current uh, semiconductor cycle, um, you know, the current down cycle actually began in 2020, you know, with a shortage of prompting chip makers to increase their capacity to meet demand. And this has resulted in a substantial 39 and 29% rise in CAPEX in the year 2021 and 22 respectively. And as a result, this surge actually led to a supply gap, which again led to a downturn. So uh, I think this year we have seen, you know, chip makers have started to reduce capex. Uh, with I think industry-wide capex expected to contract by nearly twenty percent. Um, well, while well, caution is still being uh need to be exercised in the near term, we think that as long as the big tech firms, you know, if they continue to leverage your AI, continue to expand their market shares, and you know, be profitable across various do- domains, this will still translate to positive adjustments in the inventory cycles, and you know, this will. Uh, this will lead to higher sales in the coming years. So for Taiwan in particular, uh, mm. it's really uh, you know at the epic center for worldwide semiconductor manufacturing. Mm. You know where revenue from the semicon sector alone you know, actually contributes 15% of its GDP, and it also accounts for more than 60% of your global semicon production and over 90. 90% of the more advanced uh, semicon chips. And, uh, you know, despite TSMC establish, establishing a new, you know, FAP in uh, Arizona, I think it still maintains a very much a competitive edge, in, you know, in speed, pre- pre- precision due to its efficient, high skill and long hour labor. Mm. So as such, um, you know, we really see that you know, as long as, you know, Taiwan remains exposed to, sem- to semicon, and yet at the same time, you know, Industry is continue to recover, you know, investing in TSMC, you know, maybe something that uh, may be worth looking at. But again, beware that, you know, valuations may be elevated and then uh, Taiwan is also remains, you know, exposed to your geopolitical risk, you know, given ongoing tension between US and China. Right. And further away, uh, David, Airbus just announced its latest financial results. I believe net profit was down uh, 11% due to past charges to its space business. Uh, that's for 2023, of course. But it expects more airplanes to be delivered this year despite supply side challenges. What's your overall take on the numbers? I guess uh, you know the most uh, notable thing I've noted in the uh, in this space is that you know uh, you know worldwide passenger capacity has uh, nearly returned to pre-COVID levels. And, you know, as as such, this could be actually seen in uh, Airbus, Airbus's performance uh, in with regards to its top line, you know, uh, actually uh, gaining 11% in the year 2023. So, um, so the big which caused you know, net profit to be down by 11% aside, I guess, uh, you know, the most notable improvement was in the Asia-Pac region, uh, primarily due to China reopening its mm. borders. 
And then the North American region also consistently outperformed other regions with uh, you know, passenger traffic again holding above pre-pandemic uh, level since uh, April last year. And But Europe, on the other hand, actually experienced a slower recovery you know, due to more pronounced capacity constraint you know, within the region. I, I guess you know this year we could expect to see further recovery on uh, you know, global air traffic. Um, but you know to be honest, uh, if you look at the order book of the company, which has disclosed, the order book of the company has increased by 23% last year from 2022. And this really, you know, uh, bow well for top line visibility for this year. So personally, I think what would be the icing on the cake for Airbus is that if we can resume, you know, the production targets, and you know, Airbus and even its key competitor Boeing have repeatedly you know delayed their production targets due to quality issues and you know, prolonged dis disruptions in the supply chain, primarily stemming from you know, issues with tier two and tier three components and part suppliers. If you can overcome this, um, I guess uh, you know two thousand twenty four could be a good year for them. Um, mm. And this is especially so if you look at the guidance that the company has has provided. You know, this year is slated to deliver you know eight hundred commercial air aircraft deliveries mm. and this is a nine percent growth right. from uh, you know 735 last year mm. and you know the bid adjusted EBIT is also um the company is targeting between 6.5 billion to 7b and this is again a 17 percent growth from last year so mm. i guess with this uh, our quick you know, back of the envelope calculations uh we forecast really a top line of another 10 plus percent for the company with uh, you know recovery in net profit of around five to seven percent right Right. And David, before we let you go, securities filings uh, showed several well-known funds jumping into uh, chip maker NVIDIA as at the end of last year, potentially setting themselves up to benefit from that nearly 50% gain that uh, NVIDIA has notched so far in 2024. Mm -hmm. How would you read into this then? I think with the hype surrounding uh, you know AI related stocks, uh, naturally stocks like Nvidia, you know, which has already ran up by quite a bit last year, yeah. you know, will get more loans from investors in the in the short term. I mean, but valuation wise, it's you know trading at trading PE of around ninety five point two times, which is uh, you know twice the PE of the uh, tech sector. So this supercharged valuation somehow just makes me uh, really uncomfortable. And I mean, if you look at you know uh, tech firms that have reported uh, their earnings, you know most tech firms continue to report you know, upbeat results compared to the prior quarter. And I think if I look at the numbers, I think it's recorded a somewhat staggering, you know, 86%, you know, EPS beat versus, you know, the, the street estimates. Um, I suppose the real test this year will really come from earnings for the coming quarter, which are forecasted to decline, you know, Q on Q. And this is, you know, partly due to the typical seasonal factors and other emerging e issues, you know, for example, you know, some companies have announced a layoff and redundancies, etc. So um, I guess the market appears to be pricing in another substantial bit of expectations. Um, and I think that only the forthcoming earnings announcement will reveal whether traders or you know, analysts have, you know, most accurately, uh, you know, forecasted NVIDIA's ongoing trajectory. So we will see about that. Right. Uh, thanks a lot, David. That was David Chow, Director at Azure Capital. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.